Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. The very last appointment I said that I remember, anyway, when I hit sort of my rock bottom, was I said, you know, I'm still not going to the bathroom and I just feel like crap. And I'm starting to get depressed because I don't have the energy to work out and just do all the things I want to do. I'm grumpy, you know, and I'm, it's just, it's wigging me out. And he would, and when he stroked me a prescription for an antidepressant, my brain literally exploded and I walked out of there and I was like, okay, I'm on my own. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Now, we apologize if you missed us yesterday, July 5th, 2021. The way it works in America, which is where a lot of our audience is based, but we actually have listeners all around the world, like I think a solid 20 plus countries, which is pretty cool. Obviously, health extends everywhere. And in America, though, when July 4th falls on a weekend or Independence Day, the July 5th kind of becomes a day where we're also off. <laughs> now, not everyone's universally off, but seriously, the country is pretty quiet. There's still fireworks going, um, all that good kind of stuff. So that's what happened yesterday. And I want to make sure that if people are coming on to the podcast, we are honoring them and making sure they get as many downloads and listens as possible. And plus, I think it's good to take some time off. People don't need to be thinking about functional health all the time although you should be thinking about it the majority of the time, right? <laughs> Today, we are interviewing Missy Bain, and she's a board-certified health coach and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Now, she's someone I did some Instagram lives with actually a little bit back, I think during the very beginning of the pandemic. We talked a lot about intermittent fasting, and we've stayed connected ever since, so it was cool to be able to interview her for this podcast. She helps people primarily age healthy <laughs> by creating a custom plan to fit their individual lifestyle, habits, genetics, and goals. Individual blueprints are designed together to include nutrition, movement, supplements, sleep, hormone balance, libido, energy, detoxification, and gut health. So she pretty much hits on everything, which is awesome. Now, each of these areas supports healing opportunities as well as long-term health. She strongly believes that taking control of your health means taking control of your life. What I love about Missy is she's been an FDN, I think, since 2015. And I find that the longer someone's been doing this, the deeper the understanding that it really is the basics done well and consistently that is going to lead to the best outcomes in your health. Now, just because she sticks to the basics does not mean you are not going to learn something from this podcast. Missy's got a really cool story. She's one of those people that has transformed her health so much that if you saw her headshot or you know heard what she's going to talk about, you just wouldn't believe that she felt the way that she felt or went through the things that she went through. So I'm excited to bring this to you today. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hey there, Missy. Thanks so much for being here with us today. I'm excited to talk to you, Evan. It's been a little while. Yeah, you as well. That's what I was just thinking when um, I saw you on the scheduler. Missy and I had done some stuff on Instagram together. We talked a lot about fasting. And I know at one point in the conversation today, that will probably be a piece of a broader picture that we'll get to. But of course, for anyone that actively listens to the podcast or regularly, I should say, you know how this starts. 
everyone in the functional health space, it seems, has a story. And then there's like 2% of people that don't have a story, but like their best friend or family member had something. So there's always something to unpack there. And I know that's true for you, Missy. So let's start off at the same place we do with everyone on this podcast. When did your health journey begin? And I guess what I mean by that is really when did your symptoms begin and what did they look like? Oh, gosh, when did they begin? So after my first pregnancy, when I first got pregnant back in, oh, Lord, 1995, um, all of a sudden I became constipated. It was like horrific. And I knew it was just pregnancy, right? And I would get over it after I had the baby, everything would be fine. Well, no. Fast forward 15 years, you know, and I was still constipated. And when, and when I say that, I'm saying like I would poop once a week. Like I was toxic and I felt wow. terrible. And every year I'd go for my annual checkup to see my OBGYN and I'd, he'd say, what's going on? I'm like, everything's good, but I'm not going to the bathroom. And he'd give me some laxative idea or, you know, something. I knew I wasn't Miralax deficient. You know, something in my brain said, no, that's not working still 15 years later. And, um, you know, at the, the very last appointment, I said that I remember anyway, when I hit sort of my rock bottom was I said, you know, I'm still not going to the bathroom and I just feel like crap. And I'm starting to get depressed because I don't have the energy to work out and just do all the things I want to do. I'm grumpy, you know, and I'm, it's just, it's wigging me out. And he would, and when he stroked me a prescription for an antidepressant, my brain literally exploded and I walked out of there and I was like, okay, I'm on my own. You know, I knew that I had to figure it out. And about two weeks later, um, I was working out and I have scoliosis pretty badly. So I would go through these phases of like, I would work out and kind of get back to where I felt really strong and I would kind of push myself. And then I would tweak something or I'd pull something or, you know, I would have all these different kind of like, you know, things to go wrong. And so this particular, you know, a couple of weeks after the, you know, antidepressant situation, I went down hard. I literally like could not get out of the bed. I was on muscle relaxers. My family went camping for the weekend without me. I was really angry and frustrated by that. And so I called my husband and I said, if American Express calls, don't worry, these charges are all me. And I went online and I was like buying supplements and workout programs and shakes and like all these different things. <laughs> I was like, I am going to figure out what the hell is wrong with me. And so long story short, I found a protein shake and that wasn't, that was just sort of the catalyst. It wasn't the shake itself necessarily, but it was what I wasn't eating when I replaced that protein shake with my normal breakfast. It was the gluten and the dairy that I now know my body can't tolerate. I'm not celiac. Um, I just have a sensitivity that my body just doesn't like it. And something shifted, um, you know, when I was pregnant, I'm sure it was just the stress of being pregnant and things, you know, as you know, things can kind of change. And so that's what happened for me. And so when I took gluten and dairy out of my life, I became a new person and people around me were like, what are you doing? You've lost weight. You look, um, you know, like you feel well, you know, I became a nicer person and I started supporting people informally around me. We were doing like these little Facebook groups of workouts and nutrition and all these different things. And uh, I was a, a photographer, I have a full-time photography business in January, February, my quiet times of the year. And so 
I really started digging around looking for like a, a program. I'm like, I want to teach this to people because if, if this has changed my life so dramatically, I want to help other people do that. And I could see that sort of happening a little bit on a small scale in my world. But I was like, hmm, wonder if I, and I am an entrepreneur at heart. And so I was like, wonder if I could do this. Wonder if I can make this some kind of business. And that's when I found FDN. That was um, 2012, I believe, 2011. And it took me a couple of years before I found a program that gave me what FDN gave me. I knew that I wanted that diagnostic piece. I wanted to be able to dig into lab, lab work, really understand hard data of what's going on inside the body. I knew that it wasn't just gluten and dairy and, you know, exercise more. I knew it was about what's going on with, you know, genetics and where your blood markers are and um, gut health. Like I intrinsically, I knew that those were the things that were the key. And uh, when I found FDN, something clicked and I said, um, can I have some money for Mother's Day? And I've got this little money saved up over here and I'm gonna go and take this program. And my family was very supportive, but they were also kind of like, huh, here she goes. And, um, you know, a few years after FDN, um, I had, you know, two business, two full-time businesses at, at that point. And in 2018, I closed my photography business and have been doing FDN full-time ever since. This is so awesome. I I mean, FDNs <laughs> just must be like a weird breed or something because these stories are like, they're different, but they're conceptually so similar. And it, it's amazing. Now, at the same time, though, as amazed as I am and as admirable as I think it is to hear these things from Western medicine, which is put on a pedestal and then still have the guts to go out and say, you know what? I'm not accepting that. I'm going to go look at other things. I'm going to do my own research. I want to be very clear. I respect and admire the heck out of that. But I also simultaneously believe no one should have to be doing that to get proper care. I mean, that, that's crazy. You know, and I'm sure you agree with that. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous that these things go on. So I'm curious. I mean, did you have any background or any interest or like a family member that was kind of giving you information about the natural side of things because it's one thing to decide I'm going to do my own research, but it's another thing to even, I guess, go against that paradigm of, Hey, I have this symptom. I treat it with a pill versus I have this symptom. Hmm. Maybe this is a greater concept here of like metabolic chaos as FDNs call it, you know, and I need to change my yeah. dietary stuff and I need to change my lifestyle in general. Like how do you change those paradigms? Was there an influence or was that all you through your research? No, there was zero. In fact, it makes me giggle when you say that because, you know, even to this day, my family, I mean, they don't, they aren't negative about any of the stuff that I teach, but nobody really wants any information from me. You know, I have friends in my world that are like, they're on, they text message me at least once a week about this or that, but literally my family is just not interested. Um, you know, there's people in my life that still drink tap water and my head explodes when I, when I go to their house <laughs> and I'm like, really, I've got to drink water out of the tap. Um, but yeah, I mean, my grandparents farmed their whole life and I grew up right next our houses were right next to each other and they had a huge farm. And so, you know, all, during the summer, I had fresh food out of the garden, but, and that's how they live. That's how they live their life. And so I look back now and can see that that's why, you know, they lived into their nineties. Um, you know, I mean, as they got older, they, the Twinkies and the Ho-Hos, you know, came into the house and things like that. But I mean, for the most part, they 
they ate out of the garden all summer long and then canned for winter. So, um, you know, but as far, and I was picky, so I didn't eat any half of the stuff that now I kind of kicked myself. Um, but yeah, I had no influence at all. It was really just seeing how like drastically my, my body changed, my health changed after just removing a couple of different food groups and, and really digging into functional medicine. And when I say I became obsessed, it was like, and I still kind of am like every book I read, every podcast I listen to, like the learning just never stops. And, and it's just something I wholeheartedly love and enjoy. And so it's not like I'm doing it for work or to, you know, build my business or anything like that. It's just, I'm just so intrigued by, you know, just improving my health, but biohacking and, and really helping other people. So. It's so impressive. And I'm even more impressed when someone, I mean, yes, seriously, just doesn't have a background in this. And if anything, I think you said it correctly. You know, it's because a lot of people have this experience. That's why I say correctly. It's not like the family or friends are against it. It's just confusing. I don't get it. You got this certification and now you know how to do labs. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I get it. I definitely can understand that um, and where that comes from. Now, I got to ask, because I know that you are in Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah. Were your grandparents also in Virginia with the farm? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. The reason I ask that is because for those that don't know, I'm in Pennsylvania and I do a lot of hiking down in Virginia, definitely like the far end. So I, I travel through there often enough. And I have always said, I mean, there is just some of the coolest farms. I mean, there's such an abundance yeah. of them in Virginia. There's all these grass fed cows. I'm like, this is great. This might be a spot, you know, I mean, I'm 25. I haven't figured out where I'm going to end up yet, but uh, Virginia might be on the radar if they keep yeah. doing this. So that's cool. I can only imagine you know, these obviously things are just being built more and more and more. So your grandparents, you know, all those years back, probably having this farm and then in Virginia at that time, that must have been amazing. That's so cool. And yeah. the last thing I want to touch on is, you know, you talked about this obsession and this lifelong learning. And you know what? It's great because most of us as FDNs do this naturally. It's something that we mm-hmm. want to do. But I feel like this should be part of what is it called? Like the Hippocratic Oath. Part of the Hippocratic Oath should also be I am dedicating myself to lifelong learning because currently 100% of diseases are not curable. So until the day that 100% of diseases are curable and are happening on a consistent basis, that means by definition, we must not know everything about medicine and health, right? (laughs) So let's keep learning until we have 100% success rate. Now, if people want to do whatever system that is, that's different, right? But even FDNs, I mean, we certainly have extraordinarily high success rates. It's not 100%. We're we're certainly Mm -hmm. humble enough to admit that. And that's why we keep learning. That's why Mm -hmm. we keep educating ourselves. And that's what separates us from the pack. So um, I love that we're able to do that naturally. But I mean, how cool would that be as an oath for like all healthcare professionals that I will also (laughs) dedicate to lifelong learning. So not just the CEUs that we fill out and we go to some conference because we have to, you know, like we actually want to do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. How can I, how can I, um, add, you know, this little service to increase my, you know, profit margin at the end of next year by getting trained on X, Y, Z modality. It's yeah, definitely. I wish there were some kind of incentive for health practitioners to, you know, get people off medications. Aren't there, aren't there, um, don't hospitals have like, um, what's it called? Like uh, financial, don't they get dinged if people come back to the ER after the first visit or something like that? 
I'm pretty oh, sure wow. that hospitals, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's some kind of um, something that they, I don't know if it's a fine or a penalty or something happens with hospitals when if you go to the ER and you have to come back, um, or maybe it's if you have surgery and you have to come back, I think it's maybe both. Um, I feel like there should be something like that with like medications and with, I don't know, you know, it, 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 it's like doctors put you on a med, but they're never really, their focus is not to get you off of that medication. You know, it's just to keep your sy- symptoms at bay, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, the could, rest of the system does forever. the opposite, right? We incentivize <laughs> yeah. prescribing medication and you get yeah. vacations. And by the way, guys, just if somehow you are ignorant to that, because I feel like our audience would not be, but just in case you are, we're not talking like BS conspiracy stuff right now. Like this is something you can go look up. Like doctors oh, are yeah, incentivized yeah. to do this. Um, I, I always hate telling a story when I'm interviewing someone else, but I got to throw this in and I think you'll appreciate this. My family has a small restaurant, only seats like 52 people, small diner in um, our area. They've had it for about 13, 14 years. So, you know, about half of my life. And I used to work there. I worked out front. And I remember when I started working out front, I would take orders on the phone and I'll be very careful about Well, I won't name anything, actually. I will just say a doctor's office used to call, and I think still does call, every single Wednesday, Missy. And they would order a hundred something dollars worth of food for the office. And then at the end of the call, the person would say, all right, the rep will call. And I'm like, okay. Like the rep will call with the credit card is what they meant. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Now, this was my first time taking the call. I didn't understand what that meant. So I went to um, one of the managers. I said, hey, like, this person just ordered like $100 worth of food and they said the rep's going to call. And they're like, oh, that's so-and-so. Yeah, that's the pharmaceutical rep. They call and pay for the lunch every week. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Th- this is happening. It is legal. And of course, being myself, I obsessed over this and had to figure out how much they had spent over time. It was at least, at least $35,000 over the years had been spent um, on mm-hmm. lunches for this doctor. So how could anyone in the world, listen to that and possibly think that's okay or correct. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. I know. Yeah, I know. We could, we could go off on that. We could riff on this for the entire conversation. I'm sure. Yeah, I was about to say, I smell a second podcast, Missy. So <laughs> bring it, um, bring it. But anyway, getting back to you and your story, you know, what was, uh, cause I know that you found FDA and you already mentioned that of course, but I I'm curious, do you remember like specifically what it was? Was this just an or- organic type of search thing on Google or, uh, did you have a friend that was in this? How did you find FDN specifically? If you remember, mm, I remember it was a Google search of some sort. And I think it was through Sean Croxton's website. I think I stumbled upon him and then realized, you know, kind of just di- started digging around in his story. And I was like, wait, what is this? <laughs> I need to know more about this. And that's sort of in it inadvertently how I found it. Yeah. <laughs> Pre 2017 or 16 FDN, I think it's 90% of people came from Sean Croxton. Like, no, really? <laughs> yeah, that's it's funny. so awesome. His podcast was popping before this stuff was cool. You know, I mean, we'd love uh, to have yeah. him on one day. Might have to reach out. But all yeah. right. So you get into FDN and obviously you are at least somewhat, if not very much so well-versed in this topic of more natural healing at this point. You've had experiences that have convinced you that this is the right thing 
to do. But for those that don't know, and I always reiterate this point, so I apologize if it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse, but many people might not know this if this is the first FDN podcast they're listening to. We are required to run labs on ourselves as practitioners. So we're actually walking the walk. So I'm curious, do you recall like of anything significant that you found on the labs that were like maybe shocking or surprising or just huge healing opportunities that you hadn't addressed yet? Or were they all pretty standard? No, I mean, my, my hormones were pretty out of whack. Um, and at that point I was, gosh, I was still in my mid forties. Um, so, you know, I was knocking on the door of many perimenopause. So yeah, I had some hormonal imbalances. I had H pylori. Actually, my husband did too. Um, so we got that cleared up and, um, got some hormones balanced out. Um, you know, I had a few, you know, some cortisol issues and things like that, but nothing really kind of off the charts that I was, that kind of surprised me really. It's, it's, uh, I always got to chuckle at it because, you know, in our world, we, we look at, um, these bacteria and parasites sometimes it's like, oh yeah. And, you know, we see that all the time or whatever. And yeah. I always got to wonder if some <laughs> listener is like, wait, she had what? Like, and they look up, he'll look back to pylori and it's like this bacteria that's going to attach to your um, intestinal lining and do all this stuff and can raise the risk of like gastric cancer in some people. And they're like, oh my God. And it's like, yeah, no, we get that out all the time. Um, this is something that we do. So that's, that's so cool. I mean, how long, because if you had all this stuff going on, well, I shouldn't say all of this stuff, but you had plenty of things to work on. That's for sure. You had mm-hmm. the gut bugs, you had the hormone stuff. How long did it take, do you think, to get to a point where you felt like yourself again and really good? Because since I've known you in the past, I don't know, roughly year and a half, two years, I mean, I've only ever seen someone that seems like vibrant, full of energy, able to do the things that they want to do. So my impression is that you're feeling pretty darn good nowadays. How long did it take to get to that after finding FDN? Yeah, I mean, honestly, once I once I took the gluten and dairy out, like I said, I felt like a different person. And so that's why I tell people don't, don't, you know, kind of poo poo the food sensitivity thing where you're like, Oh, I don't want to, you know, you're just going to make me stop eating bread. No, I mean, that was legit. Like it, it changed my life. Um, and so I would say the things that I did with FDN, um, let's say, you know, I had a, you know, 90% change in my health with the, with the, um, gluten and dairy, I would say probably the hormonal tweaking and the, the, you know, clearing the bug was probably about a 40% shift in my health. So yeah, I felt better, but it was nothing like how I felt, you know, taking the gluten and dairy out. I think it was just because I'd felt so bad for so long. Um, so I think the testing that I did, um, early on in FDN was just part of the tweaking, you know, and it's tweaking that I still do to this day, you know? Um, so I feel like, yeah, I just keep feeling better as the years go by. So I'm going in the right direction. <laughs> and you know what? That's another kind of thing I hear almost universally at FD. Actually, you know what? So far, I have heard it universally at FDN. And I think that's a really interesting um, testament to what we're doing here, that people are getting older, but they're feeling better. And I know it's certainly true for me and everyone else I've talked to at FDN. I mean, that just shows... Can you imagine what we're actually supposed to feel like as young people then? Like, yeah. if we're getting better, it's like, well, what the heck was I supposed to be feeling like? Um, yeah. I think humans are a lot more resilient than we believe in our modern world. Um, I don't think we would have gotten to where we're at if that wasn't the case. So I love yeah. that the dietary change is there. And I mean, hard in terms of the social aspect, simple in terms of, okay, I have to remove these two food groups, based, or not food groups, I'm sorry, two foods, you know? And it just goes to show that 
you know, guys, we talk about fancy stuff on the show sometimes. I mean, we talk about the labs, we're talking about gut pathogens or whatever. But the reason that DRESS is a foundation in FDN and the FDN Thrive program, which is our acronym, it's diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. That is the core of what we do. And you can take away the labs. And if you applied DRESS principles to everyone's life, you're still going to get a lot of people feeling fantastic in some cases maybe even 90 percent you know so Mm -hmm. that's and that's really just one of those letters there that you were really honing in on so that's amazing now speaking of dress and the lifestyle changes i know that when we were talking before this one of the things that you're really interested in and focusing on is kind of metabolic health and you even you said it before we were on live that the labs come second for you and, you know, the lifestyle stuff really comes first, which is how it's supposed to be with FDN. And I, I think this is great. And I want to dive into this a little more. So just for the people listening, I think metabolic health is something that gets thrown around a lot. Can we define like what that even means? Like what what is metabolic health? Yeah, well, think about your metabolism. It's like how your body uses energy, you know, does it burn sugar? Does it burn fat? Are you somewhere in between? Um, And so, you know, one of the things, um, and I don't think we talked about this that I've dug into more most recently is functional blood chemistry analysis. And I feel like it's something that I'm really on a campaign to um, educate everyone to say, you know what, even if you don't, even if you feel, don't feel unwell, go to the doctor, get updated blood work, as we age, we need to have sort of that data of what's going on inside of our body so that if some point our, our health does start to shift, we can go back and look and say, oh, well, you know, my glucose was trending up over the last five years or my insulin, look at it, all of a sudden it jumped and it's completely out of whack and I'm insulin resistant. And you really can see sort of where maybe something changed. Maybe you had some kind of big life stressor or, you know, maybe your you know nutrition went off the deep end or whatever it is you can kind of uh, kind of fill in the blanks of maybe what has happened and then gives you um, kind of tools to go back and sort of make changes um, so that's one place I really like to start because if people can see hard data on paper now yes you know obviously stool testing does that hormonal testing does that but i feel like we need to start with what's going on with our red cells our white blood cells and you know our insulin and blood sugar and all of those things that really kind of are truly a picture of what's going on in our body um And so that's why I'm a big proponent of kind of stepping back to foundations. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people that, you know, their niche is gut health. And yes, that's very important. That's a foundational piece. So if inflammation markers that I see on on blood work are off the charts, that's a big key. And, you know, to saying, okay, let's put this together with, you know, the bloating and the constipation, all the symptoms that you're having. Yes, that might lead us to... Um, running some stool testing or some other diagnostic SIBO test if there's some, you know, um, if you've got chronic gas, you know, it's, it's kind of just putting together pieces of your individual puzzle and making the best decisions that we can based on what's going on. But I truly believe that starting with your blood work is a, is a really foundational place to start. And I think people, the, the, um, feedback that I'm getting from clients is, okay, this makes sense. You know, like this feels right to me. And when I show them that, you know, the normal lab range 
on a lab um, is, is too far and wide. And it really is based on kind of the average population, which none of us want to be lumped into normal compared to the average population, I believe, we want to be in an optimal range and, you know, a range that's a little bit tighter, that's based on some functional, um, you know, parameters um, for wellness, for overall wellness and optimal health, not just are you on the brink of, you know, chronic illness. Um, So I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of went off a little bit there, but yeah. So I believe that, you know, your metabolic health really starts at just your foundation of sort of how do you feel? Do you have energy? Do you, um, are you holding on to extra weight? Do you sleep well? Do you go to the bathroom every day? Is your digestion, you know, normal? Um, So not all of that rolls into metabolic health, but to me, all of those things kind of mean that if you're, if the, all of those things are kind of imbalanced, then you're, you're probably in a really good place metabolically. Um, but I get a lot of women that come to me that are sort of knocking on the door of perimenopause or their hormones have shifted and they're like, nothing has changed. I haven't changed what I eat or my workouts or any of that. But all of a sudden I've got these little love handles or I've got this sagging, you know, under my arm or, you know, things have changed. What do I do? Um, and that's when we really start looking at sort of their metabolic markers and what's going on, um, you know, with insulin and blood sugar and their nutrition and, you know, making some shifts, uh, around some of those things. No, I think that's a great answer, first of all. I mean, definitely even more than I bargained for. So I like it. (laughs) And I love that you're mentioning the blood stuff because, you know what, that's something that anyone can go get from their doctor. Now, their doctor's interpretation might be a little different than ours, but that's okay. Um, You know, at least you can get it. And it is very useful. I love this also idea, this concept of like almost being uh, preventative, right? Because you're like, people should go get these numbers just to see what's going on. I absolutely believe it, especially on blood chemistry stuff. You can see trends long before the person feels like crud. That is pretty mm-hmm. much a fact. So I think that's a great thing to incorporate. And you know what? FDN does have an advanced course in it, and I've done it myself. Um, I'm actually, I don't haven't fully completed it, but I found it extremely useful just knowing the different functional ranges compared to normal Western ones and finding the clues accordingly. Super, super helpful stuff. So I also know that, uh, you know, you're someone that has definitely talked about fasting with me. We've done some lives on that together. And is that like an important component for you with the metabolic health? Or is it just one, you know, maybe decent sized piece of a larger puzzle? Because I'd love to know like some of the foundational things that you do to support someone's metabolic health. We kind of talked about more or less how we're assessing it. Now I'd love to know how we can support it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like a lot of the women that I work with, either they've, you know, in the past have dealt with, you know, polycystic ovarian syndrome, they've had, you know, cystic acne, they've had just very sort of hormonal type, um, you know, health issues in the past. And, you know, they've dealt with it from the Western medicine sort of, you know, let's go get a prescription to help take care of the acne. Let's figure out the PCOS piece by going on the birth control pill. But they've gotten to a point where they're like, okay, this doesn't feel like where I need to be. And oh, by the way, (laughs) I'm having hot flashes and I'm gaining this weight and, you know, kind of all of those things. And so really the foundation for me, first thing is I want to see a food block. Like, what are you eating? You know, what time are you going to bed? Um, You know, 
uh, what's your stress level, you know, again, digestion. So all of those things are top priority for me, because if you're not sleeping and you're stressed to the max, you can work out all day long and you can, you know, eat all the good food, but your body is only going to adapt for so long. And at some point it's going to say "Time out, sister, you know, we we're giving up on you and um, we're going to crash in a minute. So that's where I really like to start. Um, and a lot of times I can see that if people are eating all day, um, you know, their blood sugar is a little bit elevated and, um, you know, they, they, they're a little bit hypoglycemic, you know, that little hangry thing where your blood sugar dips and you're like, I gotta have some oh, food. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so that is a big, um, you know, there's a lot of people in my world that, you know, have a lot or some of those issues going on. And one of the places that I start is, is with intermittent fasting. And that's strictly because I did it myself. I've been doing it for years and I saw so many things shift for me. Um, and I started teaching it to people, you know, as they were open to it. And I've, I've seen so many shifts for so many of my clients that it's just one of the tools that I recommend everybody put in their toolbox. Does everyone need to, to fast for 18 hours a day? No, absolutely not. And should women do it all month long throughout their cycle? No. So that's part of what I teach as well is like, you know, the second the second half of your, you know, cycle is when, you know, you need to support progesterone, you need to be eating more carbohydrates and um, doing a little more restorative type exercise. So there's some nuances to a lot of the things that I teach my clients around intermittent fasting. It's not just, you know, um, you know, strict day in and day out, you need to be doing a 16, eight, you know, eating window. It's, it's really kind of listening to your body, start playing with it. Cause a lot of people will say, well, shoot, you know, I really don't like to eat breakfast, but I always have because I'm grabbing a bar and a, and a you know, cup of orange juice on my way out the door because I've always eaten breakfast and I feel like I need to. But to see people, you know, their eyes light up when I say, okay, let's push breakfast back and maybe you eat at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock, you know, and we start slow. We start 30 minutes a day for, you know, weeks, see how you feel. But so many people will report back and say, wow, I really feel so much better just either having, you know, some plain herbal tea or a cup of black coffee and lots of water, maybe some, a little sea salt if I need it, um, maybe getting in a workout, fasted. Um, I've got more energy. You know, I don't, you know, have that that slump of after eating a bagel and I just need to lay down and take a nap or drink three cups of coffee. Um, you know, and so it's been one of those things that it wasn't like I found this modality for myself and it works. So I'm just shoving it down everybody's throat. It's definitely one of those. It's again, it's just a tool that I like to use because I have found that so many people have gotten into that whole, you know, eat every two hours, you know, and, and have all your carbs at every meal and don't pay any attention to macros and things like that. And so, um, over time I've kind of created sort of a little, you know, um, blueprint that I like to share with my clients. And, and we kind of just start with kind of what routines are, what's your lifestyle, but also sort of what your habits are. You know, um, I don't ask people to fast, you know, on a Saturday when they have brunch every Saturday with their extended family. No, enjoy your extended family and have your brunch. Um, maybe you, maybe you fast on Sunday or, or maybe it's a certain time of your cycle. And, um, so I, I work with people one-on-one to kind of work through some of those things. And then eventually they find a, a rhythm that works for them. And, um, 
and it's uh, it's just been a really great tool that I've enjoyed kind of teaching. I love that you specify kind of the differences between intermittent fasting, uh, you know, possibly for men and women, because there is research showing that men seem to be a little more able uh, to do it for more extended periods of time. And men, women thing aside, you know, if you have someone that's under incredible amounts of chronic stress, the intermittent fasting thing might sometimes be counterproductive if it's Mm -hmm. too heavy. But intermittent fasting, one reason, I mean, I've been doing this for five years. One of the reasons I've always been so fascinated with it and it was appealing to me is because I was looking for like core truths in the health space. And you know what? I can't tell you how long a human being is, quote unquote, supposed to fast, but I can tell you using common sense that there is no way we were ever supposed to have access or would have had access, I should say, to the food Mm -hmm. in the amounts that we do right now. And I know plenty of people are starving out there, so I don't want to be ignorant to those issues. But chances are, if you're listening to this on your iPhone or computer, you probably have regular access to food, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's actually not normal. And so it's at least reasonable to assume that perhaps there is too much of a good thing. And maybe our bodies did adapt because it was so common to not have adequate amounts of food all of the time. And it turns out it seems like that's where the science is pushing us because clearly not eating for some period of time, either every day or extended fasts every now and then, it seems greatly beneficial to the body. And it seems like something that we should be able to pretty much effortlessly do. Um, And do you find that that's true for your clients? Like maybe they have a little trouble doing it in the beginning and then all of a sudden they're like, wow, this is a joke. I can do this super easily. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And, and honestly, um, I get so much feedback around, especially again, for women and myself included, what I found was a, a big sense of food freedom. Um, I remember a distinctly a time, and I've told this story before, where I was at my sister's house. She lives in Atlanta and um, we were going to go shopping for the day. It was a weekend. And I remember we had just eaten breakfast and I was standing at her pantry door and I was like, okay, when we go shopping, we may not eat lunch. And I was panicked. I was like, what am I going to take to eat? Because I knew that I was going to have like that little hangry dip and at some point. And I remember like a light bulb going off in my head. And this was well before, you know, kind of my rock bottom. But I remember a light bulb going off in my head. And I was like, there is something wrong. I can't go shopping and not eat food or not have food in my pocket. You know what I mean? But there was also some emotional attachment that I didn't realize I had um, to the food. And so when I started intermittent fasting and, you know, really started seeing my body not only be okay without food, but feel really good. That was so empowering for me. And I've worked with people that have had, you know, um, food, uh, issues, you know, whether it's anorexia or just, you know, emotional issues with food, um, tell me the same thing that they have found food freedom. Now that can be a slippery slope. It can be a trigger for a lot of people. So I don't recommend it willy nilly, but if there's someone that says, you know what, I feel like I have control over the food, versus the food having control over me. And for some people, that's very, very powerful. So myself included, for sure. Oh, I like that a lot. And you know, what? that is tricky, because I've definitely seen some people with a history of eating disorders, especially anorexia. And yeah, I'm, I'm very careful uh, with that. So that's very cool to know that there is um, some hope out there where these people can use that in an effective way, because it is it's a great tool. Um, and I kind of I lost my own track through 
completely my own fault <laughs> before, but <laughs> I was trying to compare fasting to like the whole foods thing. And I don't mean whole foods, the mm -hmm. store, I mean like whole single ingredient foods. You know what? We'll debate probably forever what human beings exactly what they should be eating, the exact amounts, whatever. But so just like the times of fasting, right? Like we might not know the exact times, but we can use the common sense and logic to realize, well, you know what humans weren't doing? They weren't eating Twinkies from the grocery store. Yeah. So <laughs> we probably can have some faith in eating whole single ingredient foods. Like that's probably wise. Um, some level of fasting is probably wise. Yeah. Now how much we got to figure that out. And it's remarkable that something that should be totally intuitive we have to have a science for like, does a bird need to be told what to eat or when to eat or how much of it to eat? Not really, you know, and of course they mm -hmm. could get human garbage. But again, that's another human problem. <laughs> you take the humans right. away, the it's, bird yeah. knows what to do. <laughs> <laughs> we should all just move to, you know, the forest and, and forage for our food. <laughs> I'm so in. See how, we, oh, see how we feel, right? I'm like I halfway mean, there. <laughs> oh my gosh, we've talked about it for years that we're going to build this little compound and we're going to have a community space in the middle and it's just going to be these little tiny houses of people with our garden. There's some communities out there um, actually that are pretty interesting to see, but yeah, I could, I could totally do that. I really could. Yeah, th there absolutely are some out there and I've looked into them myself at times and it's just, it's so cool when you see it because these people, I mean, the reports and testimonials, they're so happy. They're, they're, they're just living on a different yeah. level and they don't have usually a bunch of the fancy material stuff. They don't have maybe even normal internet access and yet they're happier than most people, you know, and then just like everything else. I mean, we were given whether you believe it's by nature, God or both. I don't care. It's pretty hard to argue that we were not given everything that we need to be satisfied as a human, but we're just not living as humans. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. we're doing all these things and chasing all these highs and thinking that, oh, the nice new car is going to do it or the huge business or all these things. And certainly transportation can be essential. Certainly income can be essential. Not arguing that, but the more and more and more thing is something that I just continue to grow away from because I realize it's never going to lead me to the destination that I'm actually going to. We only chase it because we think it's going to get us to where we want to go. And I'm reminded when I'm literally the other night, I'm out having a fire on the Delaware River, barely any service with two of my best friends from uh, grade school and middle school. And I'm happy as can be. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, I don't need any of this crap. <laughs> like I was already designed mm -hmm. to be happy with what we were given. So I'm um, kind of a separate topic mm -hmm. there, but such an essential one for health. It's really not that separate, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. Yep. <laughs> So, Missy, it's so cool to me that you had that entrepreneurial spirit. You were doing the photography thing before and then eventually were able to do the FDN thing full time. So let's talk a little bit about who you work with, what you offer, um, because even I don't know that. I mean, are you like a one on one mm -hmm. program type of person? Do you have courses like tell us everything and let's just start with what type of person do you work with? Yeah. Well, my niche has sort of been over the last five years been, you know, women, like I said, sort of seeing hormonal shifts and, um, you know, taking care of everybody else. And now they're ready to kind of take care of themselves. And, um, you know, that said, I've, I've taken care of some of those women's fathers and some of those women's, um, you know, children. Um, but outside of that, uh, for the most part, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just one-on-one. -on -one. I did create a group program, uh, online kind of course, uh, right before COVID and I launched a beta program and the feedback was it was just too much. 
<laughs> and so, you know, it was one of those things where as I kind of stepped back um, as people were kind of going inward and, um, you know, not really committing to taking care of themselves at that time. And I said, you know what, I put this program, I launched it knowing that it was um, done was better than perfect. Um, so I went back to the drawing board. I've been sort of, I've had a couple of versions of it. I still haven't launched it because I've had my hands in so many other projects, but the plan is to relaunch um, the body reset solution is, is my program. And it's really just foundational. I had to go back and sort of take out some of the deep dives that I did because I found that people just want to know that what do they need to do? You know, like they trust me, they know, like, and trust me or they wouldn't be on my platform. So I don't need to give them all of the FDN information. I just need to give them, if this is going on with you, here are the things you need to do and maybe give them resources if they want to dig in a little deeper. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to launch that, you know, by the end of the summer, but we'll see again, I'm, I've kind of gone back and I'm taking my time, um, getting that, putting that back out into the world because I want it to be, you know, what I want it to be this time around. Um, so uh, in the meanwhile, I'm doing one-on-one, um, you know, with clients, I do a membership. I, I, I have a 30 day membership, but I think I'm getting rid, rid of that. I'm just going to do 60, 90 day memberships. Cause I feel like people really need to be with me for that long to get through some of the things, the protocols and the testing and some of the things that we're doing. Um, I'm also, and I don't think I, you probably don't know this, but over the last few months, I'm, I'm doing some um, small scale consulting with a fertility doctor. Um, she's wow. a holistic fertility doc out in um, San Diego or San Francisco. And I just was really excited about the work that she's doing. And she needed somebody to kind of step in on the weeks that her clients aren't meeting with her to support them, you know, through some of the lifestyle changes that they're going through. So it's not taken up a ton of my time. Time, but I just feel really passionate about working with this population of people because there are so many people out there in the world right now that are struggling with fertility. And I think a lot of it is just the downstream effects of our lifestyles that we've, you know, um, our current day lifestyle. And, and so, so I have a lot of different things going on right now that are keeping me really busy because, um, and I, I kind of like it that way. You know, I like having a lot of yes. little things to, um, just kind of keep my interest in different areas of functional medicine. So I, I love it when people uh, will look at me, they're like, you're doing too much, but like I know subjectively and objectively, objectively being like the labs that I'm the healthiest I've ever been. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I'll slow it down a little bit. I'll, I'll stop being in so many places. And then I go continue to do the thing <laughs> because you know what, if you yeah. love what you're doing and you know yourself, yeah. You can do this type of stuff. You you yeah. absolutely can. Um, and most people are looking at work. Like they're looking at these projects, like thinking from their perspective, like, oh my gosh, work is something that stresses me out. It brings me down. I want to work. Like I love I doing stuff Isn't for FDN. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, what a concept. We want to talk yeah. about health. I mean, let's just get everyone loving their work. I think we'd lose a fraction of the issues if they weren't chronically stressed from that, you know? Amen. Um, yeah. <laughs> So you've been in practice for quite some time. I have really uh, three more questions for you, I guess. Some are short. And the one is, do you just have like any client testimonials that really stick out off on the top of your head? Because I always think it's amazing to hear some of these stories. And I know we got to be private with names a lot of the times. I'm just talking like a general overview. You know, they came to you for something. Maybe they're at the end of their rope and bam, Missy helps turn it around with the FDN philosophy. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I don't know if it's about the FDN philosophy, but I think one of the most meaningful kind of um, testimonials or transformations um, that I've had was a mom that called me kind of crying in tears because her daughter, who was 14, had been, you know, for like four or five months was so sick. She couldn't even go to school. She's throwing up every day. And, um, you know, socially, she was in a really um, hard place, very stressed about, you know, just that age is horrendous anyway. And um, you just add in being sick and not going to school. And um, so we did some labs. She had, she had been through kind of, you know, the gamut with conventional medicine. And she was like, all right, I don't know. There's something wrong with her. And, um, you know, and we had chatted. And so we ran a stool test. I had a feeling. And she was actually had H. pylori. And it was pretty, and along with some other critters. But um, as soon as we started her um, on her protocol, within two weeks, she was, she, did, she had stopped throwing up. Within three weeks, she was back at school. And within about six weeks, she was feeling like her old self and was back hanging out with her friends and doing things that she loves. And so, as a mom and having a kid that actually has been on a, you know, a pretty rough, um, health journey herself. Um, I don't know. It was just one of those things that it was like, okay, I don't have to ever do anything anymore. As far as functional wellness goes, this was kind of the pinnacle of, you know, helping somebody because I not only, um, you know, changed that girl's life or our, our process and, you know, the protocol not only changed that, that, teenager's life, but it changed your mom's life. It changed your family's life because, you know, the family kind of came to a standstill. They weren't doing vacations and they weren't doing the things that they enjoyed doing because this child was so sick. Um, so anyway, that was, that was probably the highlight of my career so far. That That's amazing. And I love that you brought up the family dynamic because, you know, that that's something that we dealt with in my own family and in a different way in the sense of, well, I'll, I'll word it like this just to be appropriate and um, concise with my wording. There are countless people and families out there, relationships like boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife type of things that consistent fights are happening because the person is sick and doesn't realize it or doesn't realize how their sickness and messed up biochemistry and hormones are affecting their mood and personality. Now, that's not a justification necessarily, but it is an explanation for a lot of people. You know what I found? Healthy people don't really get angry all the time. They don't really get ticked off. They don't really yell and scream. You know, that that's not what happens. And I've certainly been guilty of that myself. And it turns out when I feel good, I don't do those things. Now, again, that's a it's a separate conversation of whether or not that's justified. And I'm not saying that it is. But how many families out there, relationships are getting destroyed because someone's got a crazy gut bug or especially like a parasite, you know how that can affect mental health or their biochemistry is going on or their body's just inflamed. And it's not really the relationship at all. It's the fact that one person's right. sick and has no idea. So I, I love that you brought up the family aspect there. Yeah. Missy, where can people find you if they want to work with you? So my website is my name, missybain.com. Um, I am on Instagram, all variations of Missy Bain. Um, Instagram is missy.bain. Facebook is Missy Bain FDNP. So I'm out in the world under my name and um, I would love to connect with anybody who has questions or, um, you know, if there's anything that resonated, let's have a conversation. I, you know, I feel like a lot of times when I'm out in social media, just trying to kind of, you know, share my message and, um, kind of share what I do. It it kind of sometimes feels like I'm talking to myself. So (laughs) 
<laughs> if you're out there, come talk to me. <laughs> awesome. My yeah. final question for you today is the signature question to finish the FDN Thrive podcast. And don't worry, it's nothing crazy or uh, super hard. Okay. The question is, if Missy had a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health or get them to stop doing one thing, what is that one thing you'd get them to change? Oh, you should have given me a heads up on this one. This is hard. I'm sorry. Uh, it's way more fun when I don't. No, it's hard. It's not hard. <laughs> There's just so many. One thing. Only one? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is going to be a little bit kind of, well, I would say the one thing is listen to your body and listen to your instincts about your body. I think, you know, we've gotten, sorry, I probably shouldn't say anymore, but I feel like we've gotten away from um, trusting our instincts with our health. And uh, I wish everybody would get back to that in some way, shape or form. Oh, I love that advice because I had this experience where I don't really know how to describe it. It was as if my intuition, not only with my health, but just kind of in general, became strengthened the healthier that I got. And I wasn't even someone who, like, I just didn't believe in intuition before. That was not something that I ever thought about. I wasn't really into that kind of stuff, didn't really buy it. So even from, let's just take it on the more practical sense, right? What Missy is talking about is this awareness of our body and learning to listen to it and having those instincts. I think it makes sense. And once I experienced that, I started thinking about it from more logical perspective because the way I look at it, uh, look at it is this. A bird does not need to be told what to eat. They don't have to get a meal plan. They don't have to use their nutrition calculator, right? And this is true for every single animal in the wild. So I don't really understand why humans would have to be so much different from that. I think we've actually domesticated ourselves more, more or less to the point where we don't have those instincts as strong. And some of us really just don't seem to have them at all, which was seemingly the case for me, but I do believe that they can be brought back, perhaps not as strong as they were once felt, but I know that they can be brought back to some degree. And what's really cool is when you get yourself to a certain place of health, you are just going to kind of know what you need to do, or at least know the right direction. And that's what's amazing about the FDN program and FDN Thrive. Our goal when you work with us is not to have someone come in and have to come in every single year. We want you to come in. You're going to have to do a good amount of work for a short period of time when you look at the grand scheme of things. And then you're not going to have to need us every single year because you're going to understand what you need to do to maintain health for the rest of your life. If you want to come back every now and then and check some labs as maintenance, that's great. Refer someone to us. Even better, that shows that we're doing the right thing. But you shouldn't be coming back. This isn't a revolving door practice. That's not the way it works. And so I think what Missy really hit on was wonderful because when you have those instincts back and you understand what to do, that's when we can kind of always walk this fine balance of health because every now and then we'll realize, oh, we're pushing it a little too far with stress or we went a little too far off track with diet and we can bring those things back ourselves. So I think that's really cool. And Missy, thank you for leaving us with that message today. I want to thank you for listening to yet another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. And if you would be so kind 
as to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We see more and more stacking up over there. We would love you even more than we already do. It means a lot, um, but even not from our perspective, just from a societal perspective, this information needs to be out there. I think one thing that every single person at FDN shares is that we are so passionate about making sure everyone has options. Whatever you choose to do with your health and how you approach your health challenges is okay with us, but what is not okay is to not know all your options. It is not okay for someone to get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and have no understanding of how diet and lifestyle affects or even causes, in certain cases, autoimmune conditions. That's not fair. So we just want a fair playing field. We want people to be able to have options. If you want that too, a review and or a share of the podcast goes a long way. Thanks again, and I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to FDNThrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's FDNThrive.com.